Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Andrew Womack. Welcome to our Wednesday Truth and Liberty Livecast. I'm Andrew Womack, and today I've got my really good friend, uh, Paul Milligan, that is with us. And man, Paul has made a huge impact in my life and ministry, and I'll introduce him a little bit better in a few minutes. But I promise you, this is going to be an awesome time today. And uh, many of you may know Paul because of his business things and his teaching on finances, but man, he's a ten talent guy. God's used him in a lot of different ways. So it's going to be a great time. Right before we get into that, let me just mention that on this coming Saturday, I'm going to be in Chesapeake, Virginia with E.W. Jackson, and I'm going to be with his STAND Foundation. That is an acronym that uh, is STAND, uh, Staying True to America's National Destiny. And E.W. Jackson, if you haven't heard him, man, he is one powerful minister. And uh, he actually ran for president, and he ceased his uh, run just about a month ago because he never got any traction on it. But uh, he's a great guy. I'm going to be with him at the Chesapeake Convention uh, Center, Chesapeake, Virginia, and that's this coming Saturday. I'd love to have you come if you're in that area. And then on the 8th and the 9th of February, I've got Flashpoint coming here to Woodland Park. And so we're going to have Gene Bailey bringing all of his team. And so Gene will be speaking. I'll be speaking. Lance Wallnow, uh, Kelly Jean Tannehill, Mike Lindell will be with us, Hank Kuhneman, uh, Luke Ball, and Rick Green. And man, I tell you, Flashpoint is just making a huge impact. And Gene Bailey, uh, I found out that he's been a partner with me for years, and he just loves our ministry. And so we're going to start doing a number of things on this new network that we're putting together. We're actually going to have the Flashpoint uh, program anchored here, and uh, it'll be on our new network. So anyway, there's a great relationship there, and it's just going to be a good time. And we got a lot of things going on, but uh, we encourage you to be a part of it. Let me just say that if you would like to be a supporter of our Truth and Liberty, we now have an hour and a half broadcast five days a week now. Plus, we put out millions of voter guides. We are doing all kinds of things. We are going to other conferences and we're advertising. We're helping. We're having uh, pastors' meetings uh, in the last election cycle. I think we had 40 pastor meetings around the state of Colorado, and we now have over 1,500 pastors that are associated with Truth and Liberty just in Colorado. And we are turning school board elections around and things, and we're beginning to make a difference. And so anyway, there's a lot of things happening, and we have a number of people now that are on staff just with Truth and Liberty. So we need people to help us. And if you would like to be a part of that, you can go to our truthandliberty.net, and uh, you can sign up and become a partner with us. We're asking for a $5 or more per month uh, automatic uh, deposit. 
and our withdrawal, I guess, to our account. And if you would do that, you become a partner and you get a lot of things. Also, I haven't got time to go into the detail on this, but we, we have one of the best websites anywhere around. And we have probably a hundred links to other ministries and other things so that you can go and get information. And it's just like a clearinghouse. So I encourage you to check that out at truthandliberty.net and you would really be blessed. So today I got Paul Milligan with me and Paul, we go back. Uh, you've been on my board for probably what, over 25 years. Yes, sir. Yeah. But we, the first time I heard you was, I think I figured out 1977 on radio and you changed my life at that point in time. So then we met in the You received the baptism <clears throat> of the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues because of that. I did. I was a good Southern Baptist <laughs> boy. And uh, you started, I heard you teach a series on the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to do that. I wanted, I wanted everything God had for me. And it's kind of a, a different story about how that happened. But yeah, that happened in the And lakes. you know, we grew up basically in the same area. Yeah. Matter of fact, you went to Fielder Road Baptist Church where my wife, Jamie, was the church secretary, right. the assistant to the pastor there. And you basically got asked to leave once you received the Holy Spirit. I did. It was, they were really <laughs> sweet about it, but they did ask me to leave. And he, uh, the, one of the leaders there said, maybe, maybe you're just not a Southern Baptist anymore. And I said, well, maybe you're right. <laughs> so, and did you know that there was a lot of things happening in that church? There was lots of people receiving the baptism and stuff. And it had kind of a reputation of being like a spirit-filled Baptist. Right. And Jamie was the church secretary. And one day the pastor came, uh, called her in. Or no, there were some people that came in, these two ladies, and they said that they had some people going around knocking on doors and visiting for churches. And when they asked these ladies where they went to church, they said, Fielder Road Baptist Church. And they said, oh, we heard that the Spirit of God is really moving there. And those two ladies came in and they said, we want you to tell Dr. Everett that we said if the Spirit's moving there, we don't know anything about it. <laughs> they thought that was terrible. Yeah. But anyway, it was, it was great. And then... Um, you, I meant you really through Greg Moore, through going to his church. Yeah, when you started coming to the church. Yeah. And that was in Decatur, Texas. Right. And you had pastored that church right. uh, kind of as an interim pastor, and you brought in Greg Moore. And that was really miraculous how you and Greg, you stayed in that church, and you were an elder, worship leader, and a part of it, and, and brought in another pastor. And, and he wasn't threatened, you weren't threatened, and you guys were in covenant. It yeah, was miraculous. You know, I... Uh, uh, when, when, when I went there as pastor and the Lord called me there, actually, he, the Lord just told me, so I just want you to build a foundation of the Word. There's no foundation in the Word here. They'd had some pretty severe problems in the years before. But anyway, I'm not a pastor. And I knew I'd mess things up. But the Lord said, you, you'll find a pastor, but I want you to go do this. So I did that, found Greg and brought him in. And I told Greg when he came in, I said, if you want me to leave, I certainly will. And I understand that. But if you, uh, if you think you've got the grace, I've got the grace, we can just do this together and I'll serve you. And we did that for 27 years. And God blessed it and it was, he, he's my best friend in the world. Yeah, and Greg now works for me. Yes. And boy, what a blessing he's been to me. And his son, um, he works here and helps produce all of our TV stuff. I think he's been with me 18 years. Right, yeah. So it's awesome. And you've been very successful in the business realm. You've started, what, 16 corporations? Yeah, over a 40-year period. Yeah, about 16 companies and 
sold some of them and merged some of them and one of them went public in 2017 and we still operate a pretty large company. My son is the CEO of that company, but we still operate it out of Texas. So most of your stuff was aerospace, but you've also got hospice work and... Yeah, he, like he uh, my son Andy went to ORU and got his degree in, uh, as an RN. So he's in the medical field and that's what Solaris, Solaris is a hospice, which I call the greatest business ministry anybody ever come up with because it's kind of like you used to say, people that are interested in healing are the people who are sick. Well, I can tell you who's interested in getting saved, people that are dying. Yeah. And, we've, and we have a, uh, we have a uh, I don't know how many chaplains we've got now. One of your ex-employees directs our chaplains now, Mark Rowe, who I brought over from England yeah. when I became yeah. your CEO. Yeah. And um, it's just a tremendous... Now, are they living in Texas? They live in Texas. Yeah. Where, in Decatur? No, in Denton. Denton? Yeah. Yeah, so they're there doing that and... Uh, so Paul and I have had a long history. We've known each other. Paul has been on my board of directors, but you know, in 2014, there had to be a dramatic shift in uh, my ministry. The guy who was leading it had done some great things and he helped us. We, we went from 20 something employees to 350 employees over 12 years under his leadership, but he had taken us as far as he could go. And did you hear that David had died over the Christmas holidays? I did not. Yeah, he passed over the Christmas holidays. But anyway, he had he had been a blessing, but it was just time for him to leave. And the Lord had dealt with me for two years that I needed to make this change. And I just struggled with it. And I thought, but God, I can't do these things on my own. And he has been such a blessing. And even though I knew that there were some things that needed to change, I thought, how am I going to make it? And as I prayed about it, the Lord just spoke to me and he says, you know, if you won't do it, I'll find somebody who will. And I thought, I think I can do you it. You probably find, figure out how to do it. <laughs> and I remember going into your office because uh, this is another connection that we had, but Paul went through a lot of physical things basically because you just wore yourself out. And after you recovered from that, we were after a board meeting, we were just talking and I said, so what do you want to do? And he was saying, I want to teach other people all of these things that God has taught me. I really want to make disciples. And I let him talk for about an hour and I said, would you do it at Karis? And so he came to Karis and started our business school. And I tell you, it's powerful. It is an awesome deal. So Paul was running our business school because of that, had an office there. And when I had to go in and ask this other manager to leave, I just didn't know what to do. And I asked Paul, I said, Paul, would you just give me six months to help me run this thing until we can find somebody else? And you stayed how many years? Six years instead of six months. <laughs> six years. And Paul took us and changed the whole concept of the ministry, redid everything. And we went from, under you, I think it was 350 employees when you came or something like that. 326 in April of 14. And I forget now what we took it to. It's, it's so many more now, I forget. Yeah, I think now. 650 or something. I think it was 650, 650 or something. And right now we're at 800 and uh, probably 850 here locally and then worldwide, uh, 1,200. But man, Paul just transformed the ministry and did so many things and I nearly ran you in the ground. You had some <laughs> other health pre uh, problems. But Paul is the one who also brought in Billy Epperhart. Now I had heard about Billy and I'd, 
I knew some things about him and had mutual friends, but I didn't know Billy. And you're the ones that brought Billy in. And Billy uh, just really, his heart united with the ministry. And now, since you left, I think you left in what, 2019 or 2020? 2020. Yeah. And when you left, uh, Billy came in and took over. And so he's been uh, running the ministry now for four years. And boy, he's taken us to a whole new level. Yeah, and you know, God set that up so well because I asked, when I came in, and it took me a while to get my arms around the problems, but I called Billy and I said, I need your help. Yeah. What I needed Billy to do was restructure the organization legally while I fixed the infrastructure. And he, he turned our that. ministry from just a 501c3 into what? We got five, five corporations. corporations now. Yeah. And much of that was for protection. Yeah, we had, we, we had some asset liability and exposure and all kinds of things we did. But Billy's a, he's an expert at that. And he, his, his skills and mine were, were perfect because he's very skillful in things I'm not and the other way around. And, and we were able to basically, well, the biggest problem with the ministry at the time was the infrastructure was just worn out. Yeah. We were, for instance, we're using DonorWare, which was a 32-year-old, the first, <laughs> the first time the guys in the IT department here, I asked them to give me a presentation of the DonorWare software so I could kind of see what we were doing. And, the, and they came in the conference room and I'm looking at a DOS screen. This was in 2014. 14. And I, I thought it was a joke. I thought, oh, they're going to pull a joke on the new CEO, right? No, they weren't joking. That was what we were using. And tell them about, you started us converting over from, to Donor Direct, and tell them about that. Yeah, that, well, God saved our bacon with that because they Donor went bankrupt. You didn't know that, though. No, I didn't know it. This process. No, when I made the decision and, told, and, and got with the IT department, I said, we're going to have to make this transition. Let's get it done. Well, it takes six, eight months, and then you have to run, this, run them in parallel for it to work right. And Kenneth Copeland had done this. Joyce Meyer had done this. And so I'd kind of made the decision, this is what we needed to do. Well, the IT guys got busy, and we were able to transition that. And what's interesting is... 30 days before DonorWare went bankrupt, they put out a notice, we're no longer supporting the software, we're bank, we're out of business. And we flipped the switch, literally I think a week before they cut off service and, and God just saved us. And if that hadn't have happened, we would have been dead in the water while we tried to well, regroup. Th you know, for the people, say, people that are listening, what would have happened was we had, I don't remember now how many telephone operators we had at the time, 100, 120, taking orders, over the phone, prayer request, all this stuff that we had documented through the, through the uh, software system would have had to be done by hand. Yeah. So it was just an impossible situation. And of course, God took care of us like He always does. I tell you, it was a godsend to have you right there. And the fact that you were available and that you stuck with me for six years. Yes, I don't know what I was and, thinking about. <laughs> no. And he's, he's run multi-million dollars. I don't know how much, but I mean multi Million dollar company. I guess if your company's been over a hundred million a year, yeah, yes, I'm sure, probably way over yeah. that. Well, you know, and another thing that happened, Andrew, that was such a blessing during that time that I don't want to forget about is I asked Dean Radke to come yeah. and help because I knew what system we needed in this organization. Uh, I mean, you're one of the largest ministries in the world today. That didn't happen by accident. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I did. I'm just saying Dean came in and we put his system in place. He gave me six months of his life. Yeah. We were in that auditorium down in Elkton, and we brought the employees through, and we started training them. And we got everybody trained, and the team, you know, the difference is we went from a command and control culture to a team management culture, which is freedom 
from this, the command and control culture is kind of a fear and intimidation based culture. And when it started, it really helped us because we had no culture. Right. We yeah. had no organization. And so that command and control, that's the quickest way probably to get some things done, but it's all dependent upon one person and we didn't have the capacity to grow beyond that one. Well, the constriction restricts you so badly because one person's making all the decisions, yeah. their words law. And the other thing that happens is, like in your organization where you had nine departments, people have to kind of get in their silos and protect themselves from each other because that it, it's a real problem. You know, command and control works good for the military because you don't have time to have a team meeting when the enemy's coming That's down. Right. <laughs> but but in what we're doing, we need teams. We, yeah. need, we need the Holy Spirit and everybody. It changed the whole culture, the whole philosophy of our ministry. And also, I was making this point that you had these multi-million dollar companies and all of these things, and yet our ministry was small in comparison to the things you're doing, but you saw miracles. Uh, I mean, I heard you say things like that uh, when you were in the corporate world that people would have killed to had the quality of people that we had coming oh, through here. Listen. It's just miraculous what God has done in this ministry. I don't say that stuff lightly. When I got here, your, your faith did this. I mean, people have asked, you know, a lot of people are tempted to give me credit or Billy, you know, because we're business guys and you're not, and surely Andrew didn't have anything to do with that. It's just not true. Your gifts, anointing, and faith are what built this. That's what God used to build this ministry. And, and how that was important to me was, you just have this anointing. I've talked about this to so many people. You have this anointing to attract the most talented people I have ever come across. I thought I had some talented folks. I had 1,200 employees. I had a few talented folks in that group back in the day. Listen, when I came in here, I needed I needed guys that were smart enough to understand we had to do project management. We had to do an enterprise chain discovery process. We had all these things that the corporate world does and people are trained to do. And Curtis Phillips, who was my executive, he was my right arm at the time, who was a retired Navy captain. He was in tremendous blessing, but I said, Curtis, we've got to find these people. Where are they? And we started looking around the ministry and here was the Karen Conrads and the Andrew Wirtzes and the Will Royers and all these people that were just, God just had sitting waiting. And you know what's interesting, I've had some of those people tell me they were about to leave. They were oh, just yeah. about to leave the they ministry. burned out. And God put, we put together such a team. How do you, no, I'm not bragging about me or anybody else for that. I'm bragging about God. What God used all of that you know, that year, I don't remember exactly, 30 million, 34, whatever it was, to in six or seven years, the ministry's at almost $100 million. Well, that don't happen back We are now, yeah. we're what, 125, 130? Well, if you include the whole worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. Million. Well, that don't happen by accident. You don't mm -hmm. just wake up one morning and decide to do and that. And you, you give me a lot of credit, but you know, at the same time, I don't have the business skills. And when you were talking about enterprise change and project management, I didn't even know what those things meant. And you brought in business sense that matched what God was telling me. I couldn't have done it without what you contributed in those people. And then again, you couldn't have done it without me having a word from God. So it really is a, a combination of the two. And I think that this is where so many ministers miss it because they have the call and they have the vision and they may have an anointing on their life, but they don't have the business and they are no. too insecure to get somebody around them that has that skill. You know, you, I like to point this out to Lee. I do, I do consulting for, I'm doing one for a church right here right now. And I like to point out to people, I use you all the time because you're the best example I know of. 
But you have, you have something that you've told me for years and, any, and all the rest of your leaders. One of your criteria for leadership in your organization is men who have no self-ambition, and women for that matter. And I, if I just sit here and think about the men that are closest to you, there's no self-ambition. Right. It, it, look, if it was there, it would have shown up by now. Most of and, us have been around you for 20, 30, 40 years. And I can say the same thing about you, Paul, that here you were running these huge corporations, multiple millions and stuff, and yet you came in and submitted to a guy that didn't know business and you had no ambition. And, and there's times that the way I did things, like you, one of the things I love to tell is when you came to me and you thought you were gonna impress me because you had done all the figures and you came and said, we've got 12 hours of working capital and you were used to having two years. And when you came and told me that, I said, well, praise God, we got 12 hours. We aren't in the red yet. That's exactly, see, I mean, I had, I had a plan. I should have included God in this plan. But I thought, maybe I'll get his attention if I tell him the truth that we've only got 12 hours. Okay. Now, now for you people that are watching, I, you, you need the benefit of knowing we're building multi-million dollar buildings in the campus of, of Colorado Bible College, or I'm sorry, Karis Bible College, while we were, you know, maintaining this operation at a level of three to four million dollars a month. Well, listen, that takes some cash. And we didn't have much we, cash. We didn't have a lot of cash because it's all going out the door. So I was going to, you know, get his attention, right? So I walk in his office and say, you know, Andrew, we, we, we've only got 12 hours of cash. And that, that was absolutely the truth. That wasn't an exaggeration. And you just looked at me and said, well, praise God, we got 12 hours. <laughs> I remember when we were behind. 12 hours is still ahead. That's positive. Yeah. But anyway, the thing I wanted to say is that, see, Paul, this is just anathema. It's completely opposite the way he operated in the natural. And yet Paul came in, and there's times that we disagreed on things, and I didn't do things according to business. But if God told me to do something, I'd say this is what we're going to do. And Paul never bucked me one time. And he supported me even when it didn't make sense in the natural. But, you know, I, I want to point out for the people's benefit how you can do that and why I did that. Let me tell you how, the part, if you've got a leader whose relationship with Jesus is so strong and firm that you can count on him never compromising the word. See, it was easy for me to lead the organization because I knew you weren't going to change your mind. This is a real problem out there in the corporate world. There are a lot of good managers and people that live in the corporate world that, you know, they don't know from day to day what their worldly, you know, not born again leader is going to do. I knew what you were going to do. I knew exactly what you believed. I knew why you told us to do it. And I didn't have to worry about you coming in the next day and overriding what I was trying to do because you'd changed your mind. I don't know that you've ever changed your mind. Now, some people might think that's a problem, but, well, if you get but right. I don't. It, it was such a blessing to, to work for a leader and, and come alongside a leader that just wouldn't compromise the word. And let me ask you to tell that story about when you were working for somebody else and your boss was taking all of your stuff and taking credit for it. This was part of God's training for you. You learned to trust God instead of sitting there having to defend yourself. And I think you applied that when you were working with me. Yeah, yes. You know how important that is in my life. I'm going to say this. You'd have never heard of me. These people, would, which might be good for some of you, probably, probably prefer that. But the point I'm making is that I would have never, I would have not been promoted in the kingdom the way I was because I had a man, he was lost. Let's start with that, first of all, okay? And, and a, a difficult man to work for. But the, here's the whole issue with him. 
Um, my company, I was vice president of a fairly large company, and we got bought out by a bigger company. And he was the vice president of that company. The, the thing I had in my favor was that the, the, we had been bought out partly because of my connections and the business I was doing. So that was some little bit of a safety valve. But he, what happened was he decided that I was too much competition, and he'd already made up his mind. Even before the thing was closed, he was going to get rid of me. Well, boy, he made my life miserable. I, I, don't, I won't spend the time to tell all the detail, but just suffice it to say that most people would have just quit. It was that bad. I mean, he actually called me in his office about three or four months into this process. This is the kind of man I'm working for. The, the office we were in was about literally a 17,000 square foot office, and he sat in the middle of this open space, and his office was on a riser, and it was glass all the way around. It's like a king on his throne. throne. And I'm serious, that's the way he thought. And he called me in his office one day and he said, I just want to be honest with you. And there's some other things he said, but this is what he was getting to. I want to be honest with you. Uh, you and I can't get along. I, you know, I'm going to take over all your connections and as soon as that's done, you're gone. I'm getting rid of you. you know, so well, I appreciate you telling me the truth. <laughs> but it got worse and worse and worse. Well, you were getting um, jobs and instead of you getting credit for it, he well, took credit for what you were doing. I'll give you a great example. This is this is how long ago this was. Uh, the government had just put out the the bids for the cruise missile, which is now, everybody knows what a cruise missile is. Mm -hmm. And it was being originally designed and built in Harlingen, Texas. General Dynamics had a plant down there. And I got wind of this, heard about it, and made an appointment, got on, got on the plane, went, and I had the contract secured before it was even publicized. And I came back, and he could not believe that. I mean, I could see, I could see the shock on his face. So we go into a management meeting now. Where this is a big company, and the president walks in and sits down, and he takes credit. I literally told the president he went and done this, set everything up, got it, and I'm sitting in the room, and he he never even looked at me. He takes full credit for the whole thing. I never said a word. I never told the president any different. Well, there's not many people who would do. That. Well, it, it, I'm a, I'll be honest with you. My flesh did not want to do it. Uh, it was it was a very difficult thing to do, <clears throat> and so you know to to kind of get to the end of the story, what really happened. I had brought in I had a lot of my own people. I had uh, a missionary that that went to work for me. He's a really talented guy. He was a pilot that was in the church where Greg Moore was pastor, and all this man would he just made fun of Christians all the time. I don't that don't bother me. I don't care about that. But some other people, it was it was a big issue, and so. Um, I had all those people kind of under me, and he would just make their lives miserable. And so one day, I uh, <clears throat> I'd come back from a business trip, and it was late on a Friday, and we were right next to the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. So I ran over to the office to do a couple things, and there's this note on my desk, and it says, we're having a management meeting Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Well, he knew I went to church and led worship, and I mean, I told him everything. He knew everything about there was to know about me. He did that on purpose. And so I come in Sunday morning. And I, and I walk in, and nobody ever shows up. Oh, he had wow. me come into the audience. <laughs> yes. You just have to know the guy. He was a piece of work. And so he, um, you know, I, I never, I, the, what's funny about that is I never even said a word about it. I never talked to him about it after that. He never mentioned it to me. But that's the kind of thing she would do. So literally one day, I mean, I, I, I was kind of getting to the end of my rope with a couple of things. And I left the office one day. And we had these big steps that go down coming out of the front door of the office, and I'm going down to get in my car, 
I don't know. I don't know whether you call it kind of breaking a little bit, but I think my flesh just kind of dealt, had all it could deal with. And I just said, Lord, just let me quit. I mean, I'm just asking the Lord, can I quit? He wouldn't let me do it. I'd already been through this with Patsy, my wife, and we'd prayed over it. and I knew I was supposed to be there. So anyway, I said, Lord, you know, I'm done. Can I quit? And, and this is, this is, I really like to tell this part of the story because this is, you know how the, the, the Word of God says that the Holy Spirit is our comforter? I'd never, I always wondered what that meant. I, I mean, I kind of could guess, but, but this is the first time I ever experienced it. I went and got in my car, and I'm kind of still in that frame of mind, and I'm just saying, Lord, let, you know, just please let me quit. And I start driving home, and I'm just, the only way I know how to describe this to you is the Holy Spirit came in that car with me. Because, and here's when it happened. I finally just said, Lord, okay, Lord, I'll just do whatever you want me to do. And I kind of gave up because I was really pulling against God with the whole thing. I didn't want to do it. And I finally, at that moment in time, I just gave in. I said, Lord, I'll just do whatever you want me to do. You just tell me what you want me to do. And listen, the Holy Spirit came in that car with me and comforted me. All of a sudden, it, I don't know how to explain this other than just the truth. I went from this just incredible, you know, agony almost, just anxiety, to I almost couldn't wait to get back again. And I, it happened within a space of 30 minutes to an hour. I went home, told Patsy, I said, you know what, you know what God's told me to do? He's told me to make Bob Murray a success, but not to be dishonest about it. All of a sudden, I started supporting him. Now, this, I, I wish I could tell you details because so many things happened over the, over the ensuing months. It got to the point where he wanted to be with me so bad he would fly to my clients with me just to spend time with me. We became friends. And we became friends for one reason, because I just changed my whole attitude. He didn't change nothing. He'd still be mean to me when we were friends, because he's just who he was, right? I ended up sitting in a hotel room with him in Tulsa, Oklahoma, trying to lead him to the Lord. He never got saved. I wish I could say he got saved. But one interesting thing happened that I have to tell with it. So during that time, he, he comes in one day and he calls me in his office. He says, I don't know how you did this. I know you had something to do with it. He said, I want you to know I, I will not tolerate this. I said, Bob, what are you talking about? He said, my wife went to a Bible study and got born again. <laughs> I, I just started laughing. Getting it from all it sides. It was great. So anyway, you get the whole, you get the point of kind of what happened. We've got some more of this story to share. The end result of it, it's one of the things that catapulted uh, Paul into things. So we're going to take a break. We're already past our time, but uh, on the other side of the break, after we share just a little bit more, we will open this up and maybe you would have questions about, Paul, how did you do this? How did the Lord show you things like this? We would love to have you call and answer and uh, call and we'll give you an answer. And I tell you, Paul's just got some great things. We had talked about sharing some of his exploits as a minister. It is phenomenal. But anyway, we got plenty to talk about, but if you would like to be a part of it, you can call at 719-619-2341. We're going to take a 90-second break and then we'll be right back. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. 
Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. You were created with a purpose. Written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. So welcome back to our Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. I'm Andrew Womack, and I've got Paul Milligan, a, a former CEO of our ministry, and we've been talking about um, some awesome things. And I tell you, uh, are lessons that not very many people learn. And so we want to go back to that story. But we do have open lines if you'd like to call at 719-619-2341. And we'd love to take your call, put you on the air, and answer your questions. So, Paul, you were talking about this. You were working at a company and... They bought you out. The guy came in, told you he was going to get rid of you and treated you badly. He took credit for all of the accounts that you got. I assume not only credit, but he also took your commission probably. Yeah, that's probably a different story. Yeah, but I actually withheld the bonuses from it. Yeah, it was pretty, it was bad. Yeah. And yet God just told you to make this guy a success and you wound up serving him. I think that that lesson that you learned allowed you to be able to serve me even when you didn't agree with some of my things I was doing. And it was a life lesson that probably catapulted you. You were a piece of cake to agree with besides Bob. Uh, yeah, there's, it's just more important than I think a lot of people, I think, understand or believe. The way this ended up uh, kind of tell, tells the story, but <clears throat> several months went by. And let, let me back up just a minute. You know, I had I had been had it prophesied to me for 15 years that I was going to own my own company, and it was in my heart. I knew that's what God called me to do. Um, my wife and I had worked toward it. We'd gotten out of debt. We'd got our finances in the right kind of condition, and you know, just really trying to prepare for God. You know, to because it's interesting. The first prophecy I ever got that I would own my own company was after. It wasn't during, but after a Kenneth Copeland Believers Convention service that Patsy and I went to in downtown Fort Worth at the convention center in 1976. That's how long ago that was. Mm -hmm. And so we came out and uh, out of the service that night came out on the sidewalk and this man walked up to us. Uh, I'm still not sure who he was, but he walked up to me and he said, young man, he's kind of put his, point, his finger in my face. He said, the Lord wants you to know that He's called you to create wealth for the kingdom of God. Wow. And, and you're going to eventually own your own business, and God's going to, He's going to ease you into that business. And, and this is the way He said it, as though it were on a silver platter. You're not going to have to borrow money for it. You're not going to have to beg. I mean, he said all these things, uh, and I won't go into all of it. But the, the bottom line was, being a naive Christian and not understanding prophetic words too much, you know, I thought He meant three weeks later. Right? It, well, it was f 15 years later. Wow. And on top of that, it was exactly like he said. You know, you, that sounds almost too good to be true. What do you mean, knock on a silver platter? There's a little bit more to it than that. We had to get prepared. I had to learn a lot of things. That's hence the 15 years. 
So I want to encourage people. A lot of times you hear a word, and we're kind of naive about timing on some of that stuff, because the Word of God says in 1 Peter, it's not only what, but it's what manner of time that the Spirit of Christ signifies. So that's always an issue. But anyway, so now we go back to Bob. Several months went by, and one day I came into the office. Now, I knew something was going on, but I didn't have access to really to know what it was. And so um, I noticed his his whole demeanor had kind of begun to change, not toward me, but just in general. And so I came in that morning, and the president of the company, who never talked to me, came out and came over to my cubicle. We all had cubicles except Bob. He had the octagon office. <laughs> and so Art came over to my cubicle, and he said, don't go anywhere. I want to go to lunch with you. He goes directly into Bob's office and fires him, has him escorted out of the building. Now, I have no idea what's going on. Why is he firing him? This is, this is the real irony of it. He, of course, takes me to lunch, and, but what he, did, what he was taking me to lunch for was to offer me his job. Now, this is, I mean, that's, that's incredible enough. But here I am, sit, he takes me to the Holiday Inn Buffet. It's like this man's multimillionaire. He takes me to the worst buffet in town. But anyway, Art, if you're watching, I, I do appreciate you taking me to lunch that day. <laughs> but here's what's interesting about it is he starts telling me why he had to fire Bob. It wasn't true. He was accusing Bob of things that weren't true. So here I am now sitting at lunch with the president of this guy that made my life a living hell, and now I'm defending him. To the president of the company telling you you're making a mistake. Bob didn't do those things. And it doesn't, and, you know, I could go into the story about what it was and it'd make more sense, but it doesn't matter. He didn't do it. And, he, and he, this is when I knew I couldn't work for this man very long. He looked at me and he said, well, I don't really care. I've already done it. Do you want his job or not? And a man who doesn't care any, any more than that for the truth, not long for me. Yeah. So, so here's what God did. I'll try to wrap the story up so we can take some calls if we need to. But, but what, how, that, how that ended up was that I served in that position. I told him, I told R, I said, I will serve, but I'm, I'm not committing to you for long term. I committed to him for a year. I thought that's what I had peace about, and that's what I did. So there was a, this is what's just incredible. So the church that Greg Moore pastored for the, all those years and that I pastored and we were in together, one of our elders, when I first came into that church, owned a company very similar, similar to the one that I was in at that time with Bob. But he had shut that company down years before because he had some bad management. It's a long story, but he had just shut the company down. But he owned the largest printing and publishing company in Fort Worth, Dallas. So all of a sudden, you know, not even a year that I'd committed to is about six or seven months into this, I get a phone call from him. He says, let's go to lunch. I want to talk to you. So we go to lunch, and basically here's what he says to me. He said, I want to resurrect our uh, technical company, which was an en aviation engineering company like ours. And he, he said, I want to resurrect it. He said, I want you to come management. And, I, and he says, I'll give you half of it if you'll do it. Wow, on a silver platter. There it is. No, didn't borrow a dime. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and within three years, we had built that company to about $5 million in sales, which that doesn't sound like much, but it was a lot to me at that point in time. And what happened there is that eventually I owned the entire company. In 1998, I bought him out 100%. We almost went public back then, which is a whole other story. But then in 2017, that company went public on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. 
and we were very successful with that, <clears throat> that whole operation. But Andrew, I know for a fact that that would never have happened yeah. had I taken a, and how many times do Christians think that they might be justified? What most Christians do, you may, they may not fight with somebody like that, but they'll just quit. Yeah. They'll just, and that's not what God And their wants. attitude will be bad the whole time. It's whole, God yeah, can't whole bless you. You know, it says if you're willing and obedient, it's not a matter <coughs> of you doing the right thing. You've got to have the right attitude. got to have the right attitude, yeah. So, man, that's, that's awesome. Well, we've got open lines here, 719-619-2341. I imagine you're probably just enjoying Paul talk about the great things that God has done in his life. But if you do want to call, we'd love to have you, 719-619-2341. Paul, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, most people know you through being associated with me, and you've always been the business uh, school director. You, you teach on finances. You're on our uh, Gospel Truth TV, and you minister a lot on finances. You've been on my program, and you do a lot of instructing in that. But you're also a, a powerful minister. God's anointed you, and uh, you've told me stories about casting the devil out of the witch, and where was that, the Canary Islands? No, the Cayman Islands. Cayman Islands, and then uh, the way that you ministered over to the lady that had the skin like a lizard. And, oh, yeah, in, Par uh, in Paraguay. Yeah. And I mean, some of these stories are phenomenal. It's like the Book of Acts, things that you would have heard in the Book of Acts, and, and most people don't associate with this with somebody who's a businessman. But you can you know, uh, I, I, I ministered the Word before I was known for business and finances and those things. And, and uh, <clears throat> I think what, what's interesting about that, that particular story you're telling about the lady with the skin disease, uh, I, I mean, I've never seen anything like that in my life. But let me, let me tell you what we were doing there that made the, that make this kind of a little bit interesting. Greg Moore, we, of course, pastor of now River Church Indicator, we had, we had supported this missionary in Paraguay, and we paid for having his church built. Well, the first, the first church got about halfway built, and there was a, this is going to sound strange, but there was a, a man there near in the neighborhood where the church was being built. He was head of the mafia, and he actually had his guys firebomb the church. We had to start over, building the church all over again. So when it came time, uh, the church finally got built, and we were, they were going to dedicate it, and they asked us to come help them dedicate because we paid for the building and that kind of thing. So Greg sent me, and I went with, I, we decided to do a missions team thing. I talked to the missionary that we were supporting, and I said, I can bring a doctor and some nurses. and you know, doc. So we took a team, Patsy and I did, of about nine or ten people. And so when we got there, uh, what they asked me, I just did an evangelistic series. We just did a campaign. And we would, we would go out into the neighborhoods and bring all the people in, and then I'd preach at night. We'd get, we were getting people saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, healed. I mean, God was, God was performing miracles in spite of us or me, the one. It was just incredible what was going on. It was just one of those times where God showed up. And <clears throat> so what happened this night, the, the story you're talking about, was that my doctor friend who was with me, we give an altar call, and I always ask some of them to come up and help me pray. Well, they're, they're all standing around me. And this is going to sound kind of bad, but, I, you know, this is just the truth. We were having children come up to be prayed for who's had parasites and their stomachs were extended. Mm -hmm. And they were throwing up all over the altar because they were getting healed. Yeah. And we're walking around in that. I mean, this is quite a, this sounds really crazy, but it's the absolute truth. And we're walking around in this. So finally, this lady comes up and, I mean, you could not ignore her. 
her visible skin, there wasn't a place I could see on her body that she didn't have this scales like just like a reptile. I mean, it was terrible, whatever the skin disease. And I asked my doctor friend, I said, you know, what's wrong with her? I could see her in the lines, her wanting to be healed. And so he, he, he said, well, she's got a very, very bad skin disease. And he, he kind of told me what it was. But anyway, the whole point was she finally gets up to where I'm at. And uh, she tells me th that this is just tormenting for her. She can't sleep. She's had it for 10 years, and it's just like she had it right there. Her family had done everything they could do, trying to take her to doctors, and they couldn't do anything. And she was probably about 40 years old, I would guess. I think that's what she told me later. So anyway, lay hands on this woman and pray for her. And it, I, I, remember, I remember getting sort of angry in my spirit, thinking about how much, how much suffering she was doing. You could tell it was just terrible what, it, what the disease was. And so I kind of started coming against this thing more than just praying for it. So that night, the service ended. It was about midnight. And she left that building that night, looked just like she did when she got there. No difference. And the next morning, we, had, we opened a clinic for people to come in to be treated and prayed for. And I'm this church had a big porch area that was real high off the street. And I'm standing out there with the doctor when the clinic's opening. And all of a sudden, this crowd of people comes running down the street. And they're, they're making noise. I mean, they're hollering. And I could tell in Spanish they were praising God. And they were, you know. And so uh, they get down to where I'm at, about where we're standing. And this lady, I mean, just nor looked normal as she could be. Not wow. a thing in the world wrong with her. She's been no that way 10 years? I had no idea. Yes, I had no <laughs> idea who she was. She comes running up the steps and runs up there and just grabs me. And this lady comes up, and, and, and finally the missionary leans over my shoulder and said, that's the woman you prayed for last wow. night. There was, I'm telling you, her skin looked like baby skin. Just an absolute miracle. Well, that miracle just broke it open. I mean, we were there for another three or four nights. I, God was healing everything, including the, you know, the building, I guess. He, people were getting healed right and left. It just seemed to open up this flow of faith in the people, because we, we, that night we made a big deal out of it, brought her up, you know, and showed the people what God had did. Boy, it just, it just people's wow. faith just went, to, went through the roof. So, yeah, I saw a lot of things like that in those days. The Cayman Islands, I was doing business down there. Well, before you leave that story, though, I know the rest of the story. Mm. <laughs> and I don't, I tell you what, we got Gladys on the phone. Uh, we've still got open lines, 719-619-2341. But Gladys, uh, I met you when you were in, when I was in Georgia. Appreciate you calling in. You're on uh, uh, Truth and Liberty Live with Paul Milligan and Andrew Womack. What have you got, Gladys? Hello, Brother Andrew. How are you? I'm blessed. Thank you for calling in. You got a question or a comment? I have a, a question. Uh, in Psalm 105, 19, it says that the Word of God tried him. What does that mean? I would like for you to help me understand it, please. Well, that's talking about Joseph, and it says that until he saw his dreams that he had had come to pass, that the Word of the Lord tried him. And I, the way I interpret that is it's not that God did something bad to him, but it's just basically what exactly. Paul's been talking about. God gave Paul a word that he was going to have this business handed to him on a platter, but it was 15 years. And until that time, he had uh, that word was testing him. Are you going to believe it or not? 
and he was growing during that period of time. And so that's the way I take it that Joseph had to maintain his faith even though every step he took looked like it was moving away from what God had told him, he just stood on that word and that word tried him. Uh, that, it's no accident, Gladys, that you asked that question. That, that perfectly applies to what we're talking about. And I think what, what, what I want to encourage people listening is the thing that I've seen is that, that Christians just give up too quick. So many times I think, you know, it's just around the corner. You might not call 15 years just around the corner, but I <laughs> But you know, in a whole lifetime, that's really... Well, that you know, I, yeah, it's not that much, is it? It's mm -hmm. just not that big a deal. Here's what, here's what we have to disciple people and, and train people to do, teach them to do, is when you get a word from God, a sure word from God, you can't let go of it. You, can't, you cannot not... You, obedience and focus is everything. Once I get a word from God, that's what I that's what I try to do. I focus on that word, and obedience is is the thing is the pathway to get me there. It doesn't really matter how long it takes. What difference does it make? That's right. If you if you're going to abandon God, you're not going to be with Him. I don't. I want to be with God. I don't care where we're at. Amen. You know. And so following God uh, in my life has I know it has brought me here, right here with you, and 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 all the success we had in business, we've been able to to uh, give uh, large amounts of wealth into the kingdom of God. I can't imagine. You know, if I had just, I guess what, what sort of makes me think, you know, uh, I have, where I have compassion for a lot of people, just a couple of things that in my life, if I'd have done differently, none of those things would have happened. That's right. They would not have been possible. You didn't cause it, but you ha do have to cooperate. You have to yeah. be obedient and stuff. And our that was a good question, Gladys. And so we've still got some open lines, 719-619-2341. But I tell you, I'm enjoying just talking to Paul and hearing these stories again. So this woman who had her skin healed, I mean, she went from having like scales to being totally normal. What was the rest of that story? Well, she, uh, her, her family, uh, she had a sister and she had a brother uh, who... Um, I guess the best way I know how, they just wouldn't have anything to do with God. They were just completely uh, not, not part of the family. I think her mother was born again. They came to the church there where this missionary was at. But I know at least her brother and sister got born again through this. Because, I mean, how do you deny that? I mean, one day, I mean, I wish I had a picture. I really wish I had a picture of this. Uh, you know, if, if you're her brother and you've seen this for 10 years, and all of a sudden you come and she's perfectly healed. Yeah. I'd, I'd you know, honest. I mean, it's, you know, it's not that that's good. That it takes that to, to get somebody born again, but it did him. So there was a lot of things followed on to that miracle, uh, mainly to do with the rest of our campaign. We just, uh, it's just amazing how many people got saved, healed, delivered, how many pe people's lives were impacted. But that, one of the things that, that, that was interesting about that, Andrew, you, you may, you'll remember this story also. While that's all going on, Remember the mafia guy I told mm -hmm. you about? I know that word, you know, we, we think of mafia, we think of the Italian mafia in the United States and all that. He genuinely was the head of a criminal organization in Paraguay. He was well known. Law enforcement especially knew him. So <clears throat> the last night of the, of the uh, regular campaign, we were praying for people at the altar. And this really beautiful lady, she was very attractive and she was just dressed in these expensive clothes and she comes up and she waits until the altar call and the service is over and she wants to talk to me. She asks the missionary if she could talk to me. So she comes over to me and she says, 
I want to ask you if you'll come minister to my husband. I didn't know who her husband was. And I said, well, yeah, I'll be glad to. Who, who is your husband? I thought he was there. You know? She said, no, my, my husband had a stroke. He can't, he can't even get out of the bed. I said, well, sure, I'll come minister to him. When the missionary, I can tell he's just having a stroke. <laughs> and he, he literally grabs me by the arm. He says, he says, I need to talk to you. So anyway, I got to talking to her. And she said, you're a businessman. He has, he has the really respect for business people. And she said, he's a wealthy man. And I, I started kind of getting why she picked me. Okay, so uh, she left. And I, the missionary, she says, he says, wait a minute. He says, you can't do this. I said, well, why can't we do it? I mean, I didn't understand. He tells me who this guy is. He said, he's the guy that had our church firebomb. His wife is born. She comes to church and comes to the Bible study here all the time. And that was a lady that came and talked to you? Yeah, she's a lady. His wife was the one that came and talked mm -hmm. to me. And so the missionary is telling me, he said, I don't, we, I don't want anything to do with it. He said, you can't go to his compound. He called it a compound. He said, you can't go to his compound alone. I told him, so I'm going to pray about it tonight, and I'll let you know in the morning. Well, the Lord told me to go. I had peace about it. Well, I, I told him, I said, I've got to have an interpreter. If you're not going to go, give me somebody that can, that can speak the language. And so finally he decides he better be the one to go, right? Well, they, I guess what, what had happened with the firebombing thing, they had made up, and his wife was the peacemaker there, and so he quit, he quit ha attacking the church mm -hmm. because of her. So anyway, we, we go, you know, uh, Patsy, I didn't think she was going to let me go, but she kind of got a little fearful, I think, from listening to these stories. But so anyway, we go to this compound and here we, and here's this beautiful, in the middle of this poverty stricken neighborhood, this is the way they do it down there. And all of a sudden this mansion just kind of pops up, had a wall around it, had all the, this wall had glass stuck in the top of these walls. You know how they, that's the way they protect mm -hmm. themselves there. Two armed guys at the gate. And we go in, we go in there and go into the living room and they set us down and there's this chair there. It's, it's kind of velvet covered, what, what I would call it. And they, two of his men carry him out there because he can't walk and basically just kind of set him in that chair. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know why he wasn't in a wheelchair, but they just carried him out there and he set him in this chair. <clears throat> so I'll make the, you know, I couldn't make this story a lot longer with some of the detail, but what ends up happening is that he's real drawn to me because of the businessman and the wealth and all that kind of thing. He won't, he's asking me some questions about that. And he's kind of got this, I'm going to call it romantic obsession with, with the American mafia and what. So I've kind of made a connection with him there a little bit, you know. And <clears throat> so anyway, I, then I kind of got the opportunity. I just start ministering the gospel to him, talking to him about the Lord and he's interpreting all this. The missionary's interpreting all this. Well, here's what the man tells me. He's Catholic. They're all raised Catholic, so that was his background. He understood that. He basically tells me that he cannot be saved because he, he told me, he said, I've had over 100 men murdered. He starts to confess. So if I told him while he's doing this, I said, you just keep confessing your sins. That's all you have to do because I'll keep him on the track, right? The guy gets born again. He finally... And I mean, I saw, I saw it, when, it when, when the faith came for him to be born again. And of course, the missionary, just he can't, he's not believing this is happening. It wasn't his faith. No. <laughs> and so he, we, he, we pray with him. He gets born again. And then the Lord said, get him healed. So I go over and he's sitting and I, and I ask him if I want to, I told him, I said, I want to pray for you. And he said, okay. And I, and I kneel down in front of him and put my hands on his knees. And 
the missionary's got his hands on me, and his wife comes over and puts her hands on him. And I didn't want any of the rest of the guys. None of them were born again. So that's all. We put our hands on him and start praying for his health because he's got this, he's paralyzed from this stroke and all kinds of problems. And I mean, the power of God hit him, Andrew, and he st his joints started popping. I could feel his, something was going on with his joints. I don't, still don't really understand that too much. But anyway, I mean, you could see the just absolute shock on his face. And so I just started telling him, the Lord's healing you. and started telling him what was happening, right? The guy gets healed. And, and at the end of this, here's what he, he looks at his wife and he said, I want to go outside in the sun. And so I told him, I said, get up. You get up and walk out there. <laughs> he stands up and walks right out the door. Wow. His two guys with, had their guns. They're still there with the gun. Not this kind of, they had pistols, but they're standing there with their guns. And you can just see their eyes are about this big. He walks out through the door, walks out in the middle of the yard. And I, and I told his wife, I said, tell him to start praising the Lord, thanking Jesus for healing him. He, and, and she turns around and he, her, he turns around and looks at her and she says, do like this. <laughs> He's got his hands stuck up. He's just praising wow. God and thanking him. Got awesome. him born again. And, 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 what, and the follow on to that story is he starts giving all of his wealth to the missionary Wow. They, they established a school and all these other things. To the Mission church that he had firebombed. Yeah. And the missionary <laughs> called me. He was starting, he was having this struggle with should he take the money because of its origin. I said, look, that money will spend just Absolutely. as good. I said, don't well, worry about it. The sinner's laid up for the judge. <laughs> exactly. Man, you'd think that all of the people in his compound would have been born again when they saw that. Well, was, you know what? I, he, I told him, I said, you know, we need to make sure these guys understood what was going on. But it's just, it was just an amazing time. That whole two weeks we were down there, I've never seen anything like that. It was just one miracle after the other. Isn't that something? Man, we've already gone an hour with only one call, but you know what? I have really, really enjoyed hearing these stories. I've heard this before, and he's got lots more. So anyway, if you would like to call, we're going to take a brief break here, but if you'd like to call at 719-619-2341. And, uh, you know, you can call and you can ask for prayer. We can pray with you. And the same thing that God did in Paraguay, He'll do for you. So if you have a need or something, uh, please call and let us... Uh, pray with you. But we're going to take this brief 90-second break, and then we'll be right back on the other side to continue with Paul Milligan. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY, fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through ARMY. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an ARMY member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. 
Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty Live Call-In Show. I'm Andrew Womack, and my guest today is Paul Milligan, and we've been talking for an hour now. Uh, we have open lines if you'd like to call, and like I said before the break, we've been talking about these miraculous healings, miracles that are happening, and God is still doing those things today. This isn't something that ended in, you know, the Bible days. Uh, it's still happening. We're, we're living in Acts 29. The book of Acts isn't through. It's still happening. And I just love it that God used a businessman to go down there and do things that a lot of ministers have never seen come to pass. So, man, you don't have to separate your life into spiritual and into, you know, physical, natural stuff. Man, you can bring God into every part. I tell you, Paul, I believe that you're an indication of how much God loves me. <laughs> send me somebody like you with all of the things you've been through. And I even said this when you were the CEO of our ministry. I really believe that all of the things that you did and all of the stuff that happened, God prepared you for me. And God used you supernaturally. And under your leadership, I think we went from 350 to 650 employees. And I think it was 38 million is when you came in and we went to what, 80 million 80. or something like that. More than doubled. It's just phenomenal. And you know, you aren't the only person. Billy Eberhardt, uh, I could name all of the people. Uh, Mike and Carrie Pickett, man, they just have my heart and God has brought them to me. And you know, the guy who was building the sphere in um, Las, Las Vegas, Vegas, a $1.3 billion thing, he John. quit to come to work for yep. me so he could build my buildings. And you could just go down yep. the line, the people well, that God Just the miracles, to. if we had time, you and I could sit here and tell about how God built this campus debt-free. There was, I've never, look, I've seen financial miracles all my life. I've never seen any, I, the, the, the day I knew that it was really significant, you and I were, I won't tell exactly where we were at, but we were at a lunch with some generals of the kingdom. Let me just put it that way. Mm -hmm. And you were just testifying about what God had done. And it was, I think it was right after, right before we, the phase three thing happened. And there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to that story. But anyway, you were just, you were just telling what God had done. And one of the CEOs of one of those generals was sitting with me. And he kind of, le he leaned over to me and he said, how much of that's just Christianese? In other words, he, he didn't, he wasn't believing it. And he, t I said, well, I'm, I'm here to report to you. He's telling you the truth. And he looked at me and he said, not only have I never seen anything like that, I never heard of anything like that. Yeah. Just, I mean, because that just doesn't happen. So many times we just default to what the world provides for us in borrowing money, and you just refuse to do it. And I listen, it was a blessing to me to be able to work for a man I knew was not going to compromise that. Look, I, I, this is something that I've learned, and I know you know this. I've heard you talk about this before. But I want to talk to Christians, especially business people, and people who are trying to accomplish something for the kingdom of God. With God, you don't have option B. That's if right. you've got another plan, I'm going to tell you right now, you'll take it. That's right. You'll be, you'll be fought by the devil thinking yes. that you've got that option, and he'll fight right. you until you take it off the table. Let me tell you how you build $150 million worth of buildings debt-free. You refuse under any circumstance to borrow money. Well, you say, well, then, God, then it won't happen. It, well, it did. Don't, don't wake us up. That's right. You're way too late to tell us. Listen, I, there was many times, you know this, but the people don't know, th there were many times where I've got to make a construction payment on Thursday. I'm just using numbers, but a million dollars, let's say. 
And lots of times it's much more than a million. A lot of times it's 1.7, 1.8 million. And on Wednesday noon, now I've got to do that at two o'clock on Thursday with Gary, with our built Gary Erickson, who is, you know, a, a blessing yeah, that we could talk about God forever. Yeah. You know, one of your partners that was our builder. And at Wednesday at noon, I may have half of it, or I may have 20% of it. I come in the next morning, make my way back to the donation center, sat there, and by noon, every dime of that money would be there. That didn't happen once. That happened many times, several times. And <clears throat> I, I, would tell, I would tell the girls, but I said, look, we're just riding on Andrew's faith coattails, guys, because I'm telling you, <laughs> it's just amazing. But you never once, and I want, I want, I'm not puffing your, you up, but you never once doubted that God wouldn't do that. And that's what it takes if you're going to really accomplish all that God's called you to do. You can't have options. Yeah. And, you know, I just got back from a conference with 2,000 ministers there, and some of them are the most famous ministers in the body of Christ. And a lot of the teaching was about you need to believe God. You need to expand. And I'm not saying this bragging on me, but I'm bragging on the Lord and being thankful. And as I sat there and listened, you know, I think, I have seen God supply more money to our ministry, more influence than anybody in that entire place, including all of the people who led it. And that is just phenomenal to me because you, you've known me a long time. And I mean, if I was God, I wouldn't have picked me. Well, I remember you introducing me one time, which this is, this is the first time I ever heard this, but he got up and he was introducing me and he says, Andrew has never been accused of being the smartest man in the room. <laughs> and, but it's absolutely true. Neither have I. <laughs> and if I was God, I wouldn't have chosen me. And yet to see what God has done in our ministry, there is no explanation for it other than God. There really isn't. There is. No, and I, and I think that's why, that's, you know, God gets full glory for everything that happened. Absolutely. In Andrew Walk Ministries and Karis Bible Absolutely. College. But, you know, all the things, some of the things we've talked about plus I think people need to be need to understand is what it takes to do that. You know, we talked about people who don't have self-ambition, people who don't have agenda, people who won't default to an option B when option A don't work. All those things together, plus what you're talking about where, you know, what, what does it take? It, it, it takes a faith that it's not just about faith with no doubt. You know, you and I were talking earlier and I mentioned to you, and you've, you of course have taught this, but you know, you, talking about Abraham's faith for a minute, this is what it takes to see these kind of things. The Bible says that Abraham, who was not weak in faith, what he did was, the Bible says he, he considered not his own body, now a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. And what the Bible is really saying, what Paul was really trying to say was, he considered those things not. And that's why God, you know, accounted it to him as righteousness. And and, uh, and, and he used his faith. But here's what's interesting about that to me. The Bible doesn't say that Abraham had all these doubts, considered how old he was. And I mean, Sarah could never have children. She's 90 years old. And she's never had a baby. She's not gonna, in his mind or in the natural, she's not going to have a baby. Yeah, the Bible says she was past. Uh, it what, ceased to be with her after the manner of women. Exactly. So exactly. In other words, menopause, she, yeah, it was over. exactly. It was over. But here's what the Bible is, 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 is saying to me and what I hear it saying. Abraham didn't use his strong faith to overcome the doubts and, and unbelief. In other words, he didn't say, I'm 100 years old and Sarah can't have babies, but I've got strong faith. I'm going to overcome that. The Bible says he never considered it in the first place. 
And so many times that's exactly what we do. The first thing we do is try to use our faith to overcome all the reasons we don't think it will happen. Well, we go and consider all of this other stuff and then we have to overcome the unbelief that it produces, but he never even considered it. It's a lot easier to believe God that way. Here's the way I say it is that you can't be tempted with anything you don't think. If you're being tempted with unbelief, with lust, with hatred, anything, you have thought on things that brought that to you. Sin consciousness. Yeah. That's a, you know, Hebrews chapter 10 says a lot about uh, purging our evil conscience of dead works, but that's why we have such a hard time is because we're focused on sin. Okay, we still got some open lines, 719-619-2341. We had Lisa up there, but she's gone. I don't know if she's no longer. Sorry, Lisa. Uh, we got to talk. Yakking. Sorry, Lisa. But we have Sarah from California calling in. And Sarah, you're on with Andrew and with Paul. Good afternoon, Brother Paul, Brother Andrew. It's an honor to talk to you. Yes, ma'am. Hi, Sarah. Um, I'm just trying to soak in what you guys were just saying about Abraham and Sarah. And I'm like, wait, focus, focus. Um, I just called in to give a testament to the glory of God. And outside of like we're talking, you guys are discussing, you know, the financial realm and, and seeing it in that way. And my family right now is we live in California um, and everything that that comes with. And yet I believe how my mom's Lisa that actually is waiting on the line. How funny. Um, and my little sister is behind one of those cameras there, Brother Andrew, Amy. That's my baby sister. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I know Amy well. Amy's uh, blushing right Amy. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, she shouldn't have told me that she was behind the camera. That no. <laughs> um, I just want to give a testimony to to Karis, to this ministry, and Paul, really to your ministry as well, because um, we we're getting threatening letters about money not coming in. You know, like it's the end of the line. Like you've reached the end here, and yet I have a word from God, and so standing on that and to take it to from the financial to the spiritual, Amy, me, my mom, our family. I mean, my mom decided to do a uh, first year um, through a satellite school here, which prompted Amy and her husband, Joey, to pick up everything and move to Colorado. And, um, and now me, I'm going to finish my first year through correspondence by August. So, and to see what God is doing. And then Paul, to your, to your ministry, I can't tell you how many times when we get a letter or, we, or we're told, nope, you can't go any farther than this. Uh, the property, you're going to lose the property. You're going to this, you're going to this. How many times my mom has said, oh, you know, I'm holding on to Paul's testimony. She's holding on to the word, obviously, glory. But to Paul's testimony about um, when you, you know, I have to make payroll tomorrow or this much money is due tomorrow, like you had mentioned earlier yeah. with Andrew's ministry. You know, this much money is due tomorrow and I don't have a dime, but God, who is rich in mercy. And you know, Sarah, that's another, that's another great testimony. We hadn't got time to go into it, but Paul was ready to throw in the towel because it looked like they weren't going to make it. And Patsy, his wife just said, if you're going to sit here at my kitchen table and tell me that God's word doesn't work, that he's failed, then I've got nothing more to say. And she went to bed. Paul stayed up all night long. Another ago. reason you would have never heard or seen me, <laughs> my dear wife, and it, this is the importance, guys, of covenant, faithful covenant partners who will stand and believe with you. Sarah, yeah. it sounds like you have that. You've got people that are standing and believing with you. And it's just, there's no way to overemphasize the importance of that. When my faith failed, and I'm, that's just honestly what happened to me, my faith failed. 
Here God had been prophesying to me for 15 years all these things. All of a sudden now I decide not to believe Him. How ignorant was that? But my wife didn't. But the circumstances, if you consider the circumstances, that's what they that, were telling And that's what you, I was doing. You shouldn't have been considered. That's, that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> well, she didn't. And, you know, and, and it was such, a, it was such a, a reversal of roles for us. But thank God her faith didn't fail. Here's what wasn't happening to her. She wasn't with me every day That's listening right. to all right. the things you listen. I was considering all those things and she wasn't hearing any of it. And see, the same thing happened when you were my CEO. You were the one that had to deal with all of the creditors <laughs> and you had to look at the finance. I didn't look at them. I just knew that God told me to get it done and we're going to get it done. And that's one of the, I, I hired you to do all my worrying. You did. And you did a good job at it. Yeah, and tell him what you, <laughs> and I asked him when he, I said, well, you know, what are you going to pay me, Andrew? He said, that's your worst, that's your first, first worry. <laughs> so, uh, but Sarah, I, you know, um, we were just talking about not having an, an option B. You got, if you've heard from God, if you've got a word from God, here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. You stand fast. And you don't, you don't take any other route. I don't think Amen. you will. It doesn't sound like you guys have heard from God and you know what you're doing. Amen. So thanks, Sarah. Let's, let's go back to Lisa. On my board, it shows that she called back in. So thank you, Lisa. You're on with Paul and Andrew. Hi. Sorry. I guess it's a family affair. That's my Sarah, my daughter. <laughs> oh, really? Well, yeah, good. I just wanted to say thank you to Paul because I heard Sarah say something, but... Um, you know, your testimony from 2013 about your company losing its insurance and having to lose your employees, and that just solidified my faith. I mean, I'm studying faith. I'm going deep into faith right now, just hanging on, you know, studying about Abraham, studying about all the healing, studying about everything I can just to hang on. But that testimony just really put me on a good path, and I just wanted to say thank you. So thank you very much. There's the rest. So. Well, Lisa, thank you, for, thank you for bringing that up. That testimony, of course, for the benefit of everybody listening, I'll make it very quick. But, but l let me say something about that testimony. Out of all the times in my life where I've had to stand and believe God, and, and, and believe me, you, you, don't produ you don't produce the fruit that we did or God did through us without having to stand many, many times. You know, it's not, it's not a smooth uh, path through there. But let, let me say this. All the times I had to stand, I usually had somebody standing with me, like my wife saving me. Or my other employees who were born again and, and had faith would stand with me. That's the only time in my business career where I was alone. Where I, I actually heard Jesus when He said to the disciples, will you leave too? You, and, and Jesus was perfectly prepared to stand alone. That's the only time I had to stand alone was when after, this was after 9-11 and I'm in the aviation industry and airplanes were running into big buildings killing thousands of people and the insurance company said, we're out. So I couldn't get the insurance that was necessary for me to keep my contracts. And I was out of business if I couldn't get that insurance. Well, you, you know, all, uh, everybody around me just gave up. I mean, they were just, we were just done. And, but here, here's how the enemy really came at me, not necessarily because of the insurance or the business. Here's how they came at me. My men got very upset with me because I wouldn't tell our 800 employees that they were going to lose their jobs. In other words, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, tell them that, you know, it looks like we're out of business, we can't get insurance. And so my men thought I was being dishonest and losing my integrity. And so, the, you know, they basically got the word out that we were going under because of this as it was. So you're talking about that's the only time, you know, God was testing my faith then, I believe. He was trying the word. You know, the enemy was, he comes after the word. 
And that's what he did that time. And I'd already promised God I'd fail that time with my wife. There was one other time where, where uh, you know, I, I had some difficulty that I had to overcome. And I promised God I would never do that again. And I was going to stand this time if it hair-lipped the devil and I went under. I just didn't care. I mean, I cared, but I didn't care. So I don't know what you're facing. I don't know all the details. But I can tell you this much. God is faithful and you can stand. So, Lisa, are you fighting some financial hardship now? Huge. We're, um, poss- I, I don't, I'm not going to speak this the way it, I, I want to speak this right because um, they're telling me I might lose my house, and I'm not believing for that because we've been here for 20, almost 16 years, you know, so it's not going to happen. So we're, we're, I'm a part of Newlander, so that helps me out a lot. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, I tell you what, Paul and I have dealt with this ourselves. Paul, why don't you just lead us in prayer and pray and let's... <clears throat> Believe God for a miracle. Absolutely. For Lisa. Well, this is no problem for God, Lisa. I mean, he's already got this. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, Andrew and I agree together with Amen. Lisa and her entire family, with Sarah and with Amy. Father, we agree with them that, Lord, that, that this is not going to touch her finances. Amen. The enemy's coming after the Word of God in her. He's coming after her goods. And, Father, I just declare in Jesus' name that she's going to retain her joy. Father, I thank you that she has a relationship with you. She knows you. And, Father, she knows the Word of God, and she's going to stand fast. So, Father, we agree with her as touching this thing, Lord, and we call things that be not as though they were. Father, whatever it takes, the finances it takes to solve this financial problem, Lord, you know exactly what the details are. You know exactly what needs to happen. Father, that's what we believe for. That's what we're agreeing about. And so, Father, we just call it done. We just simply trust you. No, Father, we've seen you do it so many times, Lord. Just uh, work a miracle in Lisa's life. And, Father, she's going to give you the glory, and we already give you the glory for everything you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. I agree. Lisa, we're expecting to hear a good testimony about what God's done for you. Thanks for your call. You know, let me say that today I I got through with one of my classes about 10 minutes early, so I had some people uh, make comments or questions, and one of the guys stood up and he just says, thank you, thank you so much that you didn't quit. And I told him, I said, man, nobody's happier than I am that I didn't quit because we went through hard times. That's what Paul was talking about. And if we would have quit, we wouldn't have had these testimonies about God's provision. And the scripture basically says that in due season, you reap not if you faint not. Sometimes all you got to do is just tie a knot on the end of that rope and hold on and you don't know how, but you just aren't going to quit. You aren't going to give up believing regardless. And, um, Sometimes that's all you can do is just stand. You just stand. You know, many people, Andrew, may not know how many opportunities you've had to quit. There was a time when your board of directors said, you're bankrupt. It's over with. It was in 1996. You remember when I came, you were having some pretty serious issues. I didn't know that you were on the board at that time. No, I wasn't on the board at that time. You you just asked me to come in to help. And, And, you know, there was some pretty serious problems that needed to be corrected. But when I think about the miracles that God performed from 1996 until you made the decision to go on television on January the 3rd of year 2000, and it's just miracle after miracle. Because, why? Because you didn't give up. You, you know, you told me something one time that really answers this question. I don't remember where we were at, but you told me one time, you said, I'm not a businessman and I'm, in, I'm not any good at business and I've made a lot of mistakes, but I know what God called me to do. Yeah. That's what you weren't giving up on. 
that anoint, you knew that what that anointing was, you knew what the gifts God had given you, and, and you standing there in faith brought everything. This is what I want to encourage people. A lot of people think, well, if I don't have expertise in all these things, God can't save me. He saved you. That's right. And I don't have expertise. You know, in Paul, for he, we had already been in relationship, but Paul was running these companies and we were just struggling. We needed help. And so I talked to Paul and Paul volunteered to come and bring his CFO with him. And they decided that they were just going to go through our ministry and help us. And I think you stayed for a whole week, didn't you? Mm -hmm. And the first two or three days, they were looking at our, uh, our, our reports and things, trying to figure things out. And basically, you just wound up throwing them away, saying, on paper, you're bankrupt, and yet you're still open. Something's not right. And so Paul just came in. Paul and his uh, CFO, Gene Rhodes, came in, and they started teaching me things. We had bought these books that I thought was a great deal because they were $13 per unit and I got them for $8 because I bought them in bulk. <laughs> and I thought I had saved a lot of money and Paul came and he showed me in the room. He says, you got $150,000 sitting in this room. And I said, where is it? And you showed me all of those books and he began to teach me just in time management. Well, and yeah. It made a difference. Inventory in, in a ministry like Andrew's, inventory is very, very important. He had eight and a half years of inventory at his current rate of distribution. Yeah. He, and here's, the, what, here's what we do now. We turn it over six times a year. Yeah. So, it, so those kind but, of things but were... But see, what, to me, I was saving money because I got it from $13 per unit down to eight, but I didn't see that I had $150,000 sitting in a room. And this is back when our income wasn't probably $150,000 a month. Uh, it, it was something and, else. And a lot of people have heard me teach on stewardship. That's really the decision you made then was to become a good steward, and that's the difference. Well, but I, it was under your tutelage, and so God will send you the people that you need. So let's go to Ron in Texas. Ron, you're on Truth and Liberty with Paul and Andrew. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Yes, sir. Uh, Andrew, thanks for having Paul on. I know that uh, he was an active part there in your leadership. And uh, I've been listening to Gospel Truth TV just about since its inception. And so I've heard a lot of stories that Paul's been telling and to, to and know when he stepped down that uh, there was possibly some health issues that he was suffering from. You kind of run him through the ringer. Um, but uh, I tell you what, Paul wasn't very far from being dead. It looked like to me he was. Do I look dead now? God healed me, Ron. Thank God you. healed him. And I mean, it was a praise the Lord. Yeah, that's why I'm calling because I haven't seen anything since I saw the dead Paul. And, <laughs> uh, and to see him today with the amount of life that he has. Yeah, isn't that awesome? I to call and encourage Paul that, man, you've got a lot more to give. And don't even think about slowing down. Just keep looking for the mountains to climb. Amen. And, uh, a quick story, just, uh, you know, Paul, you were raised there in Paradise, Texas, and I didn't think there would be maybe two or three people that lived there. But <laughs> I had a, a Baptist, paps, paps, Baptist pastor friend that retired and moved to Paradise. And so it was uh, always interesting to me to hear you talk about Paradise and I actually knew where the place was and had been there several times and had been to Decatur and so forth. So a lot of people out here relate to the things and stories you have to share. And I'm just glad that you uh, maintain the willingness and especially to see the joy coming from you today 
from being able to share these things has just been a blessing. So uh, that's really it. I just was calling to blow a little smoke up Hi. the tailpipe. Hi, Ron. That's, thank you for the encouragement. We all need encouragement, and I appreciate you taking the time to do that. You're absolutely right. Paradise was a pretty good place to grow up. Heaven was just a local phone call from there. So we were close. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Let's see if we can get Patricia on and uh, answer her question here before we, we're through today. So Patricia in Florida, you're on Truth and Liberty with Paul and Andrew. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Hear you just fine. Oh, boy. Well... I'm just gonna put it out there. Um, it's 2024 and my husband left me in 2000, which was 24 years ago. And he ran off with a married woman, broke up two homes. And it was just, a, it, I was young, I was 39 years old and it embarrassed me and humiliated me and I uh, turned from that and I started studying Dave Ramsey because I had a mortgage I had to pay off and he left and took his income away and I was very insecure. And I began to study Dave Ramsey and I, I, I created a, a new focus. But the hard truth is I can't create a vision of seeing myself happily married. And um, that makes me sad because I avoid what I, my heart's desire is I want to be married and enjoy a Christian partnership. And I live without that because I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what to say. I can't. Well, Patricia, we're, we're running short on time, so if you don't mind, let me break in and just try and give some answer to this. I'm not saying that what's happened to you was good, and I understand now that could be a real pain and a problem, but 24 years later, for you still to be suffering to where you can't see yourself ever being happily married again and stuff, you haven't appropriated what God has available for you. God's supply is greater than what your trial has been. And again, I'm not trying to minimize your trial, but God is so awesome. I have seen thousands of people that have been through things similar to what you have and have been just totally devastated and God has re renewed them and they are happier than they've ever been. I've got one lady that works for me right now that her and her husband came to our Bible college and he died during one of our school sessions. I was standing right there and he died during the class, and anyway, it looked like her life was over, and now it's about maybe five years later or something, she's happily married again, and I mean, her name is Lisa Lovejoy, and she is just full of love, and she's happy. And what God did for her, He can do for you, Patricia. So really, the thing that needs to happen is, you just need to come to the Lord and say, Father, Maybe I can't see myself. Maybe I have no hope for my future, but it's my fault. It's not yours. You've got a good plan for me, nothing but good. And you just ask God to open up your heart and to show you those things. And I promise you, God can restore your life and make your life so awesome that you could look back and think, I can't imagine how it could have been any better. And I know that may sound impossible right now, but I believe that God can do that.
You want to add anything to this, Paul? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things we could add to this, but, the, you know, it really comes down to, Patricia, um, what's going on inside your mind, inside your soul. We, you really have to change your thinking if you're going to receive what God fully has for you. You know, Andrew and I were talking before the show tonight about sin consciousness, and that's really what this is about. It's about, you know, being able to uh, not to, not to dwell on those things that have happened. Those things are, are finished. They're done. They're over with. You've got to look forward with God and, and have a righteousness consciousness instead of a sin consciousness to overcome this. There's some, a lot of other things we could say if we had time. Yeah. But that's, let me go back to something that Paul was talking about this time that he was ready to give up and saying he just had lost it and Patsy walked out and says, I'm not going to listen to you if you're saying that God failed. Uh, he had lost his vision and hope and he was ready to go in and close down the business and stuff. And when that happened, he spent the night praying and in that one night he went back in and nothing in the natural had changed and yet he called his staff together and said, we are not going under. And he started speaking faith when there wasn't a single reason in the natural to do it. And that very day, I think it was, you got to call and turn things around. Yeah, We're just about out of time, but Patricia, you can do the same thing. I know your situation may look hopeless, and if you've been living with it for 24 years, those things are ingrained in you. But I can promise you that if you start approaching God and saying, God, you said in Jeremiah 29, 11, you have nothing but thoughts of peace towards me to give me a hope and a future, and you start speaking your faith, God will renew you. So in just these last few seconds, Patricia, Paul, and I just agree, and I believe yes. that God is speaking to you. And the very fact that you call today, you're calling out to God, I believe that God is answering your prayer and reviving your hope and helping you to lift up your head and look for an answer instead of look for just more of the same. And I believe that God is going to do something supernatural. I believe that hope is coming in your heart right now and joy, expectation is coming. So we agree with you and we receive yes, that in the name you, of Jesus. Amen. Paul, thank you for being with us today. Yes, Man, I enjoyed it. I did too. I enjoyed it for if nobody else did, I, I did enjoyed too. it. And I know that many of you enjoyed this. And you know, there's things that you can learn listening about how God has worked in our life and the things He's done. He's no respecter of persons. He'll do the same thing for you. So I just want to encourage you. Uh, to just trust God. We've got people at our phone center right now, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 719-635-1111. If there's any other way that we can help you, you can call, they can pray with you, and we would love to help you. 719-635-1111. So we do this every day from 3.30 till 5 o'clock, our Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. So join us again tomorrow as we have another guest. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.